Hi, it's Jen. NPR is conducting its annual survey to better understand how listeners like you spend time with podcasts. So please help us out by completing a short anonymous survey at npr.org slash podcast survey. That's npr.org slash podcast survey. We really appreciate your help supporting NPR podcasts. Thanks. Cariona Ball has been electrifying audiences for more than a decade with her band Tank and the Bangas. The New Orleans-based group started making waves after winning NPR's Tiny Desk concert in 2017. I feel like the hose inside my soup, but don't nobody get full up of eating no soup. I've got a question, so many questions, and you They were nominated for a Grammy in 2020 under the Best New Artist category. And the band's third studio album, Red Balloon, came out earlier this year. Before Tyriona launched her music career, she was a figure in New Orleans' spoken word scene. And last year, she released her first book of poetry called Vulnerable AF. We'll get into all that and more after the break. I'm Jen White. You're listening to the 1A Podcast, where we get to the heart of the story. Let's get into the conversation. Last week, I spoke with Tiriona about the new album, her New Orleans roots, and finding her voice. So your latest album, which was just an absolute joy to listen to, Red Balloon. Thank you. (laughs) It showcases Tank and the Bangas, really this genre-bending style. It's it's hip-hop, it's soul, it's jazz, it's spoken word, it's psychedelic. I hear the roots of New Orleans jazz and funk in this album. How does this music continue the story and experiences you've brought to audiences now for more than 10 years? Wow, that is such a question. I don't even know how to answer that question. How does it continue to create? Uh, You know, I think it shows exactly what we wanted it to show. Because Green Balloon, when we first started it out, we always knew that there was going to be a red balloon. And at first it was going to be a double disc. And then we thought, well, wait a minute, let's, you know, let's let's see what time does to us. You know, let's see how we change musically, spiritually, you know, um, sonically. And, and, and sure enough, that's exactly what we did. I, I never would have expected the album to sound like this. I don't think none of us did. So, um adult (laughs) (laughs) well it's adult but it's still it's still got that signature playfulness in it which is so important yeah Yeah, so important why is that why is that such a core part of your your music um you know you as a performer but but the band as a whole as well i don't know i think it's it's so many reasons i think just childishness and you're always going to have that um first of all nobody wants to really adult nobody really you know wants i hate mail i hate mail so much i hate getting adult mail that i don't understand i can't stand it you know so um so i think everybody um have those little moments in them where they uh want to want to go back to their their childhood this conversation won't go lightly if we refuse to look deep inside So music is is foundational to the fabric of New Orleans culture and history. 
Take me back to your childhood. Uh, you grew up in the city's eighth ward. What music were you listening to as part of your childhood? Ooh, bounce music for sure. My sister used to like to listen to a local artist named Miss T and the Ghetto Twins. Um, <laughs> um, and as far as like, but when my mama, when it was time to like clean up my mama house and, you know, it was Kirk Franklin and the family and LaShawn Pace and Anita Baker and Peebo Bryson was a big part of that. And as far as my alone time um, watching TV, I just was, uh, I was just obsessed with the Disney Channel. They had uh, just the most amazing soundtracks. Well, Troy Andrews, he's also known as Trombone Shorty also grew up in New Orleans, and he's featured on the track Café du Monde on Red Balloon. And he he described in an interview learning to play the trombone at the age of four, marching in second line bands across the city. How was the inspiration to perform driven by the music around you? And to what extent is it really internally motivated? The thing about New Orleans that will inspire you to perform is that um, New Orleans will they they gonna entertain you on the street corners all of it that which is honestly one of the like Best and worst things about being a New Orleans artist is that, you know, you don't have to pay for it at all because it's just so free and it's so everywhere. Um, but what honestly added to my performance was slam poetry, starting out and seeing the most amazing teams from Philly and New York tear it up. I come from um, Brave New Voices, yeah. and um, that really impacted my performance style a lot. So, so did you start singing first and then move to poetry or did it happen the other direction i sung first because i have a family of singers but i didn't feel very good at singing so uh, i didn't so i just i just wrote more than anything until i met up with that poetry group and started just feeling a little more like special about my voice and i think that was only because i was around poets and you know the poets couldn't sing you know i could sing so it just it just made my voice feel that much more special and made me very comfortable to share what was it about poetry that drew you creatively? It just doesn't judge you, even though obviously slam is a judgmental world because it's a competitive world of poetry, meaning you do your poem and you're about to put up a scoreboard of one to ten based on you know how you made them feel or how important or impactful that poem was. But I still felt... Um, I didn't. I felt like I wasn't judged. There was a group of um, like-minded teenagers like myself, and they were a little weird, and it was cool, and they were expressive, and they had a way with words, and we admired each other, and I just love that community so much for what they gave to me, and they still do. They're some of my biggest supporters, and our Chitlin Circuit with Tank and the Bangers started with the poetry Chitlin Circuit. Like we traveled from Alabama and Mobile everywhere because of my connections with my poetry friends. And that's how Tank and the Bangers got a, a nice little start through through the poets. Well, your team, Snow, that Slam New Orleans, competed in the final round of the 2012 National Poetry Slam in Charlotte, North Carolina. And here's an excerpt of your piece, Bang Bang. 
Bang, bang. My brother shot me down. Cock, bang. Tick, tock. There is no such thing as a clock when bullets fly faster than time. No such thing as watches when you're wondering how could God be watching this as time still passes by. Cock, bang. Tick, tock. It's like I'm a ticket time bomb that never gets to explode. Bang, Tick, bang, my life is like bang, a magic show. Bang, Watch how throwing pebbles bang, at trees. Magically turn to throwing hand grenades bang, at huts. Watch how flesh splinters like tree bark. It's like the hands of time got its finger on the trigger. In the motherland, I am no longer my brother's keeper. Games of hide and seek have turned to us. What did you learn about? about your voice, what made it unique, what made it special by engaging in this this creative Whoa, medium. That it was, that it could do some things. <laughs> it could speak really loud. It could, it could command the attention of the room. And um, it had a thing with it that sounded like this. But, but what I loved about my voice is what, I'm, what I have discovered later on um, is just is just so acrobatic and also my natural tone. I've I've learned to fall in love with my natural tone. When I did the poems a lot, bang bang, you know, I would play in that register a lot. And then uh, as years mm-hmm. went by, I've learned to appreciate my natural warm alto, which is just honestly like Nina Simone could describe her voice, um, like warm coffee or granite. And mine could be like warm coffee, and it could be like a cup of red Kool Aid too. <laughs> <laughs> Extra yeah, a lot, lot of yeah, lot of sugar, sugar, lot of sugar in that coolie. <laughs> well, you know, in listening to just that piece, there's a musicality to to the poetry you perform as well, and and I'm curious how that musicality and that that collaboration translates to your music. Ooh, it's just so good to have people around you that just believe in you so much. My team Snow believed in me and we believed in each other so much and it and and so it made no problem for me to be with the band later on right after we won nationals for me to find a band and continue on this um this 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 melting of music and poetry which was always always so important to me. But me personally I at first I was thinking, "Oh, I'll just, you know, I I'm just going to do my thing and just with poems." And I had a mentor of mine say, no, let the singing come first and then let the poetry follow it because people are going to gravitate towards the music first and then you sneak in your poetry. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it like that. But before, I had no mind of a musical career. <laughs> what did it take to, to make that leap? Because you said you grew up in a family of singers, but you didn't really feel like, yeah. So do you sing with your family? Yes. What is that like? Because I'm I'm trying to imagine oh, so a, a house a house of tanks just it's singing so together. It's what so is good. what is that like? Oh my god! The last time we all sang together, oh, it was so special. I had just finished doing Jazz Fest, which was honestly what two weeks ago, and all my family, all my sisters, flew down. Well, drove down from Atlanta. And uh, I was up in the trailer, which is, you know, uh, the little the rooms that Jazz Fest have for you. They got trailers. And I'm laying on the floor because I'm exhausted from the heat. Yeah. It's so hot out there. And um, all my sisters coming up in there, they, they, they fanning me, you know, and they putting like little water towers on my head. And I started off, I said, 
why don't you sign me up? And everybody, sign me up for the Christian Jubilee. Write my name, write, and it's all his harmony, on the roll. <laughs> it was oh. so good. And everybody, and then, they, and then everybody in the room, the background singers, the uh, the musicians, you know, everybody just all singing together. I've been changed since the Lord has lifted me. I want to be. And it was just like, and I'm sitting there tired, you know, getting water on me. But I'm saying, why don't you sign me up? You know, it's just it's just a spiritual, tired, beautiful, blessed moment. And we just knew that we were celebrating together because when me and my sister get together, we're going to sing. We're talking with Terriona Ball from the group Tank and the Bangas. They're back on tour and out with their third studio album, Red Balloon. I want to talk about when Tank and the Bangas got started. This was 2011. Norman Spence, who plays keyboard, guitar, and bass. Joshua Johnson, who plays drums. And then you were later joined by Albert Allenbeck, who plays flute and saxophone. Take me back to that that open mic night in New Orleans and and describe the chemistry you felt at that first performance. Mm, Well, the, the, the spot was so... Oh, it was home. Not only was it home because it felt like a home, but it was home because it literally was a house. It was a shotgun house. And as soon as you walk in, the owner, Bakir, he was he would be making jerk chicken sandwiches and smoothies. And he'd be like, making jerk chicken sandwiches. And y'all, and he'll be speaking, you know, Yoru, any little African language that he know, he's spreading it to the people. And um, the music could just be playing with musicians in and out of the room. Oh, man, I'm just thinking about the spot. You know, beautiful colors, warm, um, all type of beautiful black people in the room. And once I came there, I just knew I had to be there every Sunday. And little by little, um, like I met Norman there. And then uh, Josh came the uh, the next week because um, we both shared the same hairstylist. And my manager told him about um, me. And um, it just, it just it little by little came. I just know that I asked for it, though. I asked for musicians in my life. I asked for a band. I asked for an album. And as I begin to ask for these things, they begin to gravitate towards me like magic. Well, the band set the stage for a very eclectic style in your debut album, Think Tank. And I listened to songs like Oh Heart, which is, you know, infused with pop. Um, You know, there's these melodic vocals and keys. And then you've got these funk grooves and boxes and squares. There's the vulnerability and instruction on being. Don't ask me when am I graduating. Repeat what I said when I'm singing. Don't ask me about my religion. Or why I don't faithfully go to church anymore. I don't like questions with answers that make me feel stupid. Have you felt pressure from music labels or, or touring companies to fit within a certain box or, or has that really mattered for you all at all? No, it hasn't. I think that people honestly automatically look at your face and your skin and they give you a genre. And that's just honestly so true. You know, even I've heard Justin Bieber like feel more like he's leaning more towards R&B and hip hop, but because he's white, like, nah, you pop. And that's the end of it. Even though like, if you hear the music and the influences and the producers, you know that this is this is music that, you know, people of color are making and when it comes down to myself because we have all these different people um it's um it's eclectic it's not just one thing uh this album to me lends more definitely to r&b 
But before it, it 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 wasn't always just just that, and I don't think it's gonna be just. That. I think the next album gonna be completely different because it's all about the space in which we create, and we don't say uh uh-uh, uh that's too country or uh uh-uh, uh that's that's uh uh-uh, that's too poppy right there. We whatever the vibe is, we gonna respect the vibe, we gonna go with the vibe, and we gonna keep creating that song until it's done. And Tank and the Bangas won the NPR Tiny Desk Concert in 2017 by unanimous decision. And that video has now been viewed more than 12 million times and counting on YouTube. Uh, more than 6,000 bands across the U.S. submitted these these videos for the chance to be profiled by NPR Music and perform at headquarters. How did that experience change the band's trajectory and what the next chapter was going to entail? Dang, you are so informative. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I better know that. I work for NPR, so. Lord, you know the things. Oh, let me see. It changed everything. It changed everything. Uh, our manager used to always say that they, we just needed the platform for people to see what we could do because we always was doing these electric shows. We always was, whether we was in a small little club in Mississippi, you know, or or literally guerrilla style, taking out all our instruments in front of the Apollo and trying to perform in front of people on the streets. We've always been these wild hairs. But, um... NPR will let people actually see the magic up close. And Bob Boylan used to tell me all the time during the um the, the tour that my life was going to change. I just didn't know what he what meant by that, but he kept saying it. And I, I definitely know what he meant. It's a, it's a life changer. Red Balloon is now available on all streaming platforms. And by the way, Bob Boylan is the host of NPR's All Songs Considered, and he's behind the Tiny Desk concert series. Uh, coming up... Tank discusses the catharsis of performance and finding communion in daily ritual. We are tanking the bangers, and this is our tiny desk. Let's get back to our conversation with Tiriona Ball. She's the lead singer of Tank and the Bangas. They're back on tour with their third studio album, Red Balloon. This tour is their first since the start of the pandemic, which Tiriona says changed their lives. Well, first of all, I, I needed the break. So I, I, I welcomed the break. Um, it was very weird and abrupt, though, because we was right on tour. We were with, on tour with the Revivalists, I believe, and we were in beautiful theaters. And we were. Um, and it's always exciting to play to a new crowd because you really have to win them over. You know, that was not our crowd. So that was challenging and fun. Um, so when it got stopped, we just couldn't believe we heard the rumors everywhere. But we was like, nah, they're not about to stop no tour. They're not about to shut down the world. That's crazy. And... Um, I remember a fan came up to me and hugged me really tight, really big, really long, um, without asking for permission. And it was around this time that, you know, the rumors of the corona. And I thought initially, girl, you crazy? They got corona out here. And that's when that's when I knew that life was about to change. And that's and like the mm. next day the tour stopped. The next day. And um the writing process, we wrote Fringos during COVID. Everybody wants somebody they could kick it with. It 
it wasn't a uh, it was a, a cursed blessing to me because of course you have this time where it's just so much sadness and 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 we don't know the future and it's scary and what's about to happen here and and but I also had that personal time of of, of laying in my bed consistently and taking walks and riding my bike and eating home cooked meals. Well, I don't know if I've really heard a song that better captures the nation's kind of collective feelings of uneasiness over the past two years than anxiety. I mean, tonally, it's it's in direct contrast to the song Why Try, which is really celebratory and, and joyful. Wait a minute, I'm really anxious right now. Was that you anxious? I'm hearing that. Why hear voices? Migrant Christ ain't got me to new tickets. All you cats and kittens, this is Quest Love, and you're listening to TATV. And here is Why Try by Tank in the Bank. Flowers, just because it's Monday. Raindrops falling only one way. How has writing and performing this album helped you work through some of the emotions you've been experiencing internally? I'm still, I'm still working on it. Yeah. yeah, I'm still working on it for sure. It's always very exciting and very scary for me to perform new songs. Like they, they, they live in the same vein. Like I have to be very comfortable with it so that I could feel comfortable with it. And sometimes, depending on the song, it takes me a while to get comfortably there hmm. I'm thinking about watching your tiny desk I was concert. So, so scared so scared well at the end you you tear up you start to cry and I'm wondering about the catharsis for you on the other side of performance is there is there a release that happens oh for sure it's a it's very uh it's a it's a power in being so vulnerable in front of a room full of strangers it's the power you just you just letting them know that number one you just like them and number two, that um, that you think that it's a weak thing to express yourself, but it's that that, that that's actually the strength. That's the strength, and I, I love the vulnerability of it. I feel powerful and open. I love it. Well, there's a beautiful music video for the song "Communion in My Cup" that takes us inside a church service. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Wanna have about the morning colored porch Mellow yellow blue dash you got a ass like a horse Purple tinted whimsy spinning say amen like I'm in church Sticky swervy like I'm serving spill that Kool-Aid on my shirt That's communion in my cup Tank, tell us more about that communion. What is the story of this song? I just um remember just being in the um room with the bass player, and it's so funny. I have the recording of it. It's so cool. Like when we were starting off the song, and the different ways in which I was singing it, and um it was just 
fun. Um, I was thinking about uh, this video that Beyonce uh, used to post, and she first started off the video saying, first let me hop out the porch. I want it if the don't sit like a horse. And I just remember thinking, um, man, I would. it would be so cool if that was soulful, hmm. you know, um, and just starting off and just changing up the words. I just want to hop out the morning-colored Porsche. And uh, it just going with it. It was it was just, it was fun to create, um, honestly. And then at the end of the um, of the recording, I say it would be crazy if we got the Hamiltons on it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. I full circle things because I did not know the tones. I did not know the mm-hmm. tones. It is so it's so amazing. And that's what I mean by I, I ask for things and they and they just they come to me like magic. It's it's mm-hmm. such a special life I live. The imagery in the video and in the lyrics, it's so powerful. Um, We see you in a church um, worshiping. You're surrounded by other people. They're each taking communion. And as I was listening to the song, it, it felt to me as if you were making a commentary on what blackness and the experience of blackness gives you. Did I did I hear that correctly? That's a good one. Um, I feel like everybody is partaking in a different type of communion every day. When I was at church, communion was definitely your crackers, you know, your your juice. What it was was it was something that you did. It was ritual, and I just feel like when I say communion in my cup, um, it's talking about the things that we ingest and that we we cons- that we do as ritual. The phones, you know, the drinking, the eating, the smoking, the uh, the way we converse with people. Just something that we do all the time. And um and I say something towards the end. I say I stay stunting, mustard colored. Man, that's something. Yeah, I'm missing something. Nah, that's nothing. You know, uh, mm-hmm. everybody know that. They got some things that they could work on. And a lot of the times we ignore it. Now nah, that's nothing. I'm good. Let me go buy some more stuff. Let me go um, not pay attention and start scrolling some more. You know, uh, a lot of things we do to um, not pay attention to what's truly going on around us and inside. What role has, has faith played in your life? It's, 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 it's faith is big, you know, growing up in church and, le- and even leaving church, you know, because I don't go to church every Sunday anymore. It, but, I, it was, but it's also because I felt like I was forced to go as a child. And I, I think it's all about um, uh, finding God in yourself and honestly in people um, so that you could truly um, be more connected to your calling and your purpose mm-hmm. and uh to have faith you, you just got to have faith i mean what they say is the it's the substance of things hoped for not seen i have to obviously believe in everything that i don't see around me we started off literally with nothing but our gifts so i i have to we have to have faith we had that faith that this was going to work out for us but i didn't do it so that it could work out for us i did it cuz it was fun and i had mm-hmm. friends around me that knew it was fun. It, it only recently started feeling like a career. Yeah. Well, beyond music, you're continuing to write. Your book of poetry, Vulnerable AF, came out last year, and it explores love, identity, infatuation, heartbreak. Why was it important for you to return to the written word? It was always there, but to... to to actually tour specifically with this book, it was just one of the most special tours ever. It just felt good to get back to myself without, you know, my musical director saying where it should go. You know, I had complete control, and it was um, 
it was it was fun and um just just free it felt like freedom because though i am the leader of the circus i definitely don't control the circus not everywhere it go for sure and so, so to be alone independently, um, and just with a, just with my keyboard player, Norman, that was just a really special tour. And I just, it was, it was, it was so time. And I didn't realize how much people needed it. You know, I kept that book to myself for a long time. Is there a poem you can share with us? I used to call you my sun, and I your moon. We gave each other such important names so early in the day. Maybe I can see why you turned eclipse. I didn't know you didn't want the responsibility of brightening my day in that way. I didn't know you didn't want to shine like that. But you should know, I didn't call you son with such the intent of such a responsibility. I called you son because when I saw you, I shined. That's Sun and Moon, wow. folks. I, I hope th- it's a little paraphrased, but th- that's the poem. Oh, I love that. Thank I love you. that. We're talking to Terriona Ball, lead singer of Tank and the Bangas. The band is back on tour with their new album, Red Balloon. I'm Jen White. You're listening to 1A. Terriona, I want to ask you about the song Stolen Fruit. It's a nod to the iconic Billie Holiday song, Strange Fruit. What's the story behind your song? It is about, I don't think, like, I always tell people, I, people don't really, you know, everybody be like, you know, get well, we, we've gone through it, you're, you're over it, you know, you're here today. But I don't think that a lot of people, like, especially America, really grasp what happened to the African people brought to America, the ones that even survived the trip. Um, so Stolen Fruit is, is basically about um, being st- stolen from Africa and brought to America and fruit like still expected to grow and make more. And it definitely lends its title from um, uh, um, Strange Fruit. Um it's, it, the the, uh, the trauma is, is crazy to even think about. I can't imagine. You take me. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on a boat forever in my own disgustingness and sadness and, and um, depression. And and I don't know where my family is. I don't know where my sister at. And then I get here and then you, you, you beat my language out of me. I don't even know how to say hello in my native tongue. When I go to Europe, they ask me, where you from? I said, I'm from New Orleans. No, they said, no, where you from? And I say, oh, I I don't know. And, it, and it's that moment that you realize that, like, you were stolen and, and you fell off a turnip truck. And, and, you have, and you have to create culture. That's what we had to do. You know, because there is the, also the brilliance of once you got here and what you did and the fact that we did not die off and that we made our own culture and something new and the resilience um, of the people. But So it's all of it. Good morning, sunshine Planted somewhere new Time cannot rewind The place from which you grew I'm wondering what it means for you to be able to tour again with your band you know, after after the pandemic, I had you at home for for more than two years, and I know that was a, a restful time for you. But 
Being in front of a live audience, what is that like now? It's great to be in front of a live audience because, you know, unlike a Zoom, you know, we used to do so many Zooms during a pandemic, you know, you're like, put your hands up. Oh. I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy that we have to do this like this. It's, 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 it's mixed, but I am excited to tour with Red Balloon when it gets time because I just think the album is so incredible and I'm really excited to sing these songs. When I listen to the album, there is this theme, and, and you've touched on it during our conversation, about allowing your light to shine, allowing yourself to be a reflection of other people's light. And I'm curious, in a time when I think a lot of people feel a lot of darkness, what you'd say to someone who's like, I don't, I don't feel like I've got a lot of light right now. Honestly, all I could do is recite a quote to them that I, that has gotten me through. Because other than that, I don't, I don't even know what to to say. I just tell them that I see them, and that the fact that they're here is absolutely extraordinary. My older sister has um, gone through IVF so many times, and and just the fact that she's trying to make a person lets me know how special it takes to make a person, and how things have to be perfect just to make a person and um and that means that you're here for something you're supposed to be here and I love that quote our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate it's that we're powerful beyond measure it's our light not our darkness that frightens us we ask ourselves who am I to be gorgeous brilliant fabulous who are you not to be you're playing small does not serve the world I just love that quote. It's just so good. It's just so perfect. Because you be thinking that you're scared of the darkness. No, you're scared of that light. You're scared to shine. I was too. You know, um, yeah, but like they say, you're playing small doesn't serve the world. And who are you not to be gorgeous, brilliant, fabulous, you know? And as we shine, we unknowingly give everybody else permission to shine. We was all meant to shine as children do. You know, it's, it's a special quote. Well, Tank, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you. Terriona Ball is the lead singer of the band Tank and the Bangas. Red Balloon is out on all streaming platforms now. Remember, we have a text club, and it's the fastest way to connect with us. You can find out how to sign up under the Talk to 1A tab at b1a.org. Today's producer was Chris Remington. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again tomorrow. This is 1A.